This week's podcast brought to you by Mom and Dad. Driving in the car today, my seven-year-old looking out the window at these big, beautiful clouds in the sky said, Mom, if we ever jump out of a plane and wear a parachute, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to grab a piece of cloud and hold on to it and show it to my class. has no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane, who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. This is going to be one of our shorter versions of the podcast. We just got back from... Hold for applause. Yeah. (laughs) We just got back from two days away at Cape Cod. I have to leave in less than an hour to go to the airport to go to Minnesota. And uh, we're recording this. We didn't tell the kids that we were doing this. So they might come down. You might hear them stomping their feet upstairs. The last time we did a podcast and told the kids that we were doing it and asked them to be quiet, it was a huge mistake because this was when we were out in Minnesota talking to your brother Tom and how many kids were out there 16 maybe we went down into the basement at my sister's cabin the the place that they were most least likely to be and so the first thing we heard was they they knew we were doing the podcast so the first thing all 16 of them went to the room right above us and started thundering their feet um, to make to make it really loud Denny had a lot of edits to do on that particular podcast the second thing they did was they tied dog treats to the handle of the door of the room we were in. There were three dogs in the house. And so all of a sudden we just heard these scratches at the door, come to find out later, it was because the dogs were jumping up to get the dog treats. They brought a block rocker down and blared music um, right outside the door. So we had to stop at that point. But it was like It was like when they were trying to blast Manuel Noriega yes. out of the Papal Nuncio by blaring ACDC 24-7. Yes. And then my favorite, we found out later, it didn't work, but our, our oldest uh, niece, who, who was there, held up a match to the smoke detector, trying to make the smoke detector go off. <laughs> All different ways of sabotaging. So so, we, uh, so we're home after a weekend um, out at Cape Cod. I flew home on Friday from Dallas after doing a game. I was home 15 minutes, put some stuff in the car, and then was leaving to drive some of our some of our kids and our oldest daughter had a very um, acute observation when um, when I was putting stuff in the car. It was a cute observation yeah. and an acute observation. Yes. More of the latter than the former. She said, "Mom, you hugged her." I, no, oh, I, I didn't. hadn't even hugged her. No, I, I got home and, and she and she and her friend and, and our other daughter got in the car and I was just putting bags in the car, so I wasn't even right up next to her when she. she she said, Mom, you smell like the airport. You smell like the airport. And it was one of those, she could have said almost anything else and it wouldn't have bothered me. But because I knew she was 100% right and right on the money, I just, all I could say was, because we're going to be in the car for the next three to four hours, was, is it so bad that I need to shower? Do I need to shower before we drive up there? And she said, no, let's get going. But, um, you know, you need to wash the DFW off of you. Yeah, the, wash off the DFW, wash off the ATL. That's where my connection was. Wash off the BDL, wash off the BDO. It was, um, yeah. And weirdly, was... club soda doesn't get, get the smell of the airport <laughs> out because part of the smell of the airport is club soda. Is club soda. Yeah, it was, um, 
It, it was just completely 100% accurate, and I don't know what exactly that it's, cologne it's, would be. It's, it would be it would be about f f three parts airplane seat fabric, <laughs> right? Yes. One part because I'm always cold on the plane, so one part airplane blanket. Sure. And um, and then uh, you know uh, three whatever. parts food court. Yes. Yeah. Food court would be in there, and um, just just in zero parts pleasant. So I, I credit our, we, we actually went up separately. You went up early, a little bit earlier in the day than me. And um, I credit the kids who are in my car. We were bringing also our 13 year olds, um, one of her good friends. And our, our 13 year olds friend's mom, Carrie, is one of the most thoughtful people I've ever met. One of the most thoughtful people I know. And I just sometimes wish I had this kind of thoughtful gene. This is how thoughtful she is. She. She made a bag full of um, things for the kids to do if they got bored in the car, or if it rained while we were on vacation, stuff to make friendship bracelets, the, the game Boggle for the kids to play. She had a bag full of snacks for the kids. She had a bottle of wine for you and me. All of that stuff she had left for us to pack and bring with us on, on the trip, and it was just, just ridiculously thoughtful and kind and nice. And Standing and in stark contrast to, to our thoughts on similar situations which is uh doing absolutely, absolutely nothing. nothing right and um i just like i so appreciated it and um and i've got to be better about that stuff because it was really really thoughtful and lovely and, and one of, and we were only up at the cape for the weekend and on sunday it rained so we did i played boggle with our youngest daughter the kids made friendship bracelets the whole ride home it was the it boggle was great, the so. boggle game was stretching the rules i only watched from afar but I heard our seven-year-old when she was playing Boggle with you, she said, for instance, look, here's, here's one of my words is ooh, O-O, as in ooh, look at that. Yeah. Well, she's seven. So I, I played Boggle a lot with my mom when I was a kid. And, and, you know, when you're little, you get to use the two-letter words. But when you're her age, when you're really little, when you're seven, you also get to make up some words. So if they're, even if they're a little bit close, I... Um, I gave her I gave her points for them. I mentioned that you and I drove up in separate cars, but we also drove home in separate cars. And I had to laugh because you know there's backseat driving, and then there is whatever the heck this was. So I was following you for much of Route Six, a two-lane road. But I but we both have ways. We both knew where we were going. I didn't feel like we needed to you know to caravan. And at one point, I have a text come up on my phone, and it says, "You should go around that car." Like it's one thing if you're sitting in the passenger seat, if you're, or you know, backseat driving. You were in front of me and texting me, driving instructions. I was because there was a car in front of you, that had left about two miles of of highway between it, and my car. And if you had just in the left lane, if you had gone around that car. I did eventually go around it, but it wasn't that easy because there was also a car. I was kind of boxed in a little bit, but I was like, this is unbelievable. One of the one of the pleasant things about driving without another adult in the car is that no one can backseat drive. You know, I've got a bunch of kids asking, can you turn the radio station? Can you do this or that? But I'm not going to have somebody backseat driving. So that was for just, you that then was, that, that to was just text an, me, that was you just, should go around that car, was absolutely unbelievable. That was just an auto-generated text that I that I had scheduled to send to you, <laughs> knowing that it would it would... Knowing that I would need it. Well, while we were at the Cape, we did some fun things. One day we went for a run on the bike path. We'll have to add another square to the bike path bingo because I've never seen this before, but two women passed us on their bikes. Um, you know, they, they were just out for a casual ride. We were running. Ride. They were... We, yes, we were jogging. They, they ran, they rode past us. 
They got maybe 50 yards ahead of us. I see the woman on the right side just turn her head to the right, away from her friend, and just blows out smoke. So she was clearly smoking while cycling. And um, she was smiling. She was smiling. And uh, I've never seen that before. I've never seen somebody smoking and um, and cycling. And what do they have a lot out and then, of? And then two women who were jogging, smoking cigarettes, passed us also. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be when we would hang up the sneakers. But um, what, we see, we see it. I don't know if it's the thing at the Cape, but we what saw. Do they, we remember what do they call on our those? last podcast, we talked about when we were in Minnesota. We saw the woman smoking while swimming. Yes. While, while neck deep she in... She wasn't swimming. She was, like, standing in water. Like, these people were actually out sort of trying to get some exercise well, I while think, smoking. I think our listeners understand that she wasn't uh, in lane three next to Michael Phelps <laughs> while smoking, but she was she was neck deep in water. If that's yes. not swimming, what is it? That's wading. Swimming is when you're actually moving in the water. But anyway, what are the things that they call out at the Cape? They have signs on them and... Um, we saw them everywhere. There's those tall, narrow things for the cigarette butts. Smokers poles. Smokers poles, yeah. So, um, you know, we saw the guy outside of church putting his, you know, cigarette in the smokers pole. We went to the movies one day because it was raining. Um, smokers pole there. Smokers poles at different. We were standing cafes. outside the knack uh, hamburger stand waiting to order, and our son was sulking because he was hangry, and I snapped a picture of him crouching with a scowl and scowling while embracing a smoker's pole. Crouching tiger smoker's pole. There aren't any smoker's poles on the bike path. There are a lot of other things, but um, now we know that they should probably, at least for that one person, add a smoker's pole. I wonder what she did with the butt of the cigarette um, when she was done with it. I'm assuming just flicked it. But smoker's poles are, are, are everywhere, and, and do you think the, the Thomas Edison of the smoker's pole has become wealthy beyond his wildest imagination from inventing what? a plastic tube that you th- with a little hole in it that you put cigarette butts into I don't know yeah I don't know and I've never seen anyone clean out the smokers pole but anyway they exist there's barbers poles there right. are smokers poles what other possessive poles are there what are the poles that pull Gallop dancers <laughs> the gallop poles yeah there's there's uh, the Quinnipiac pole there's lots of different poles if I might just go back for a moment to you smelling like the airport it, it has me thinking and perhaps our listeners can chime in via email or Twitter, but what would you call a perfume, an aroma, a scent? What do they call what do they call them now? Ouda. Ouda. Oh what um I don't know. Fragrance. Okay, fragrance, that's it. What what would you call the, the fragrance like by Calvin Klein? What by Calvin Klein? Oh. Oh yeah, that's what people should send us some ideas. Layover I, by Calvin Klein. I like it. Uh you know, Terminal A by Calvin Klein. I don't know what would I think it be? just terminal. 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 By you know? That's perfect, actually, because you also sort of smell like somebody who's terminally ill. Right. And you're making your those around you terminally ill. Yeah. That, I think that's the perfect Although everybody name. smells the same at the airport. I've, I've flown enough to know that not everyone smells <laughs> the same. And generally, the ones who smell the worst are the ones who I'm next to. But it's like the sucker at the poker table. If you look around and don't see it, it's you. And right. Uh, it was me the other day. Despair by yeah. Calvin Klein. And, and the air at the end of despair would be a different color. I like it. Or to use your eau de, eau de toilette construction, eau de humanity. <laughs> I like that too. Has an aviation theme. And speaking of transportation, I don't know if you saw the news story this week about the Lyft slash Uber driver in the St. Louis area. I've just I just seen the headlines. I have not read the story. This was a guy who was live streaming his his uh, rides without their knowledge or consent, the, the passenger's knowledge or consent, 
though that's apparently perfectly legal in St. Louis, and live streaming them on a subscription service, service of some sort. Okay. Um, and and I just wondered what you thought of that. I, I mean, I liked it better when the re- the driver passenger relationship uh, was exploited for entertainment purposes strictly from the passenger side when we do Uber confessions. Right. I think that's I think that's going a little bit too far because you see people's face. You see people's faces. You have this conversation. Yeah, exactly. That, that, at least when we Way talk about that, we don't, you know, all we the only identifying marks we give are the city that I'm in, never never names, never anything else. So um yeah, I'm glad that you, neither you nor I have been to St. Louis, although he's probably not the only one. And uh now I'll be much more careful when I'm in Ubers, sitting there silently as the driver just starts talking. As the driver tells you, you smell like the airport. Right, exactly. And you haven't even gotten to the airport yet. That, was, by the way, was the original, the original uh, very few know this, Nirvana, before they called it Smells Like Teen Spirit, they called it... Smells Like the Airport. Yes. <laughs> you don't yet smell like the airport, but you're about to. You have to go to the airport. Where are you going? I'm flying off to Minnesota. When the podcast comes out on Wednesday, it'll be the morning after. We've had our very special telecast. It's Carol Lawson, Lisa Leslie, and I are doing the game New York Liberty at Minnesota Lynx. It's a players-only telecast, which means only former players are going to be on. So none, none of us are really play-by-play people. Will so each of you be wearing members-only jackets? <laughs> we should be. We should be, should be in some. They should have us each wear a uniform uh, jersey from when we were players. If they're going to really do this thing right, uh, wear jerseys, wear our favorite pair of sneakers, braid our hair up. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting telecast. I don't know how it's going to go, but um, it's going to be interesting. So anyway, that's where I'm headed. I'm flying out and uh, leaving the house in about a half an hour to head to the airport. So this will be uh, a very short podcast by two very tall people. And we should just get straight to viewer mail. I think um, I think that's a good good bet. Kids, it's time to answer our voluminous viewer mail, which has uh, been piling up over the last five or six days. So we talked uh, last week or the week before, I don't remember now, about uh, somebody who has a dog, a dog named... Deuce. U- oh, Uno. Uno. Uno, not Deuce. Uno. Right, right, of course. Because their dog had was formerly one testicle, which led to a discussion, is the dog now... Multi-testicle? Zero or multi. Right. And... and um, uh, Jennifer writes to us saying um, uh, our friend's dog got these, and she links to Nuticles, N-E-U-T-I-C-L-E-S dot com. Uh, it began in 1995 with patented Nuticles, testicular implants for pets, helping neuter-hesitant pet owners overcome the trauma of altering and allowing their beloved pet to retain its natural look and self-esteem. I mean, this is unbelievable. Do they really think a dog cares? I mean, first of all, the, the dog needs its self-esteem because what? It's looking in a dog mirror and it sees whether or not it has testicles. Can you, I, I, we, our dog is a female, so can you even, on a male dog, can you see? People put them the on testicles? their trucks. <laughs> so why not on their dogs? But, I mean, let's, let's think about that for a second. Does it say how much these things cost? I, I, I haven't looked closely I, enough and, and frankly, I wanted to close that tab so, as quickly as but, possible. So they neutered the dog, but then, as if the dog hasn't been through enough trauma, you're going to have to give the dog another surgery Evidently. to well, give it fake testicles. I didn't look closely enough, but perhaps it's just as simple as, as like decorating a Christmas tree <laughs> with bulbs. It could be the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I, and I, I saw I, that you, you had the website up. Dogs we, wear please. Christmas sweaters. I think this is more dignified. Than that? No, it's 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 even worse than a Christmas sweater. Can you please tell people the name of that website again so they can check it out for Nuticles, themselves? Nuticles, N-E-U-T-I-C-L-E-S. 
Nudicles. Probably it, become a sponsor at some point. That's um, absolutely Tom, unbelievable. Tom in, in Missouri writes, I, we, we also mentioned recently that we were talking about bat bathroom decor and uh, the little rug that you put that the goes in the U-shape around the toilet. carpet, yes. But right. And I mentioned that the only thing on our toilet tank was the Marinol Missionaries magazine when I was when I was a kid. And Glade. And Glade. That was that was in our bathroom. Well, Tom in Missouri says, we used to have copies of Marinol magazine at our house, too, growing up, but ours were kept in the dining room, so my mother would have immediate access to them to show us actual pictures of actual starving kids when we weren't eating all of our dinner. I think my parents donated to the Marinols for the express purpose of having those pictures <laughs> handy. That's unbelievable. <laughs> my parents, Something my mom probably would have done. The only thing my mother, she did have, but this was, I think, once we got to college, we're a little bit older, this daily reading. It was called The Daily Bread. And that was in the bathroom usually, and it was like a scripture reading and then some kind of thing to, uh, you know, to contemplate while you were whatever. But, uh, yeah, they, they used to say to us, do you know there's starving kids in China? But they wouldn't actually then show us pictures. Uh, Tom, by the way, his wife is uh, now our resident law professor and or resident legal ethicist. She stands at the ready to do those jobs. One of the classes she teaches is negotiation, and I once came along when she was negotiating to buy a new car in some sort of spirit of spousal solidarity. It was among the most painful eight hours of my life, Tom writes. An eight-hour negotiation. Well, if she's a legal ethicist, she can tell us if it's ethically legal for or if it's just ethical. Ethically legal Eth or legally ethical? If it's if it's ethical, even though we know it's legal in St. Louis, if it's ethical for the Uber driver to be live streaming his passengers without their knowledge. Jacqueline writes, love your pod, just wanted to fact check regarding roller cloth, the roller cloth towel dispenser, and she sends us a schematic that we'll have to post of the interior of one of those infinite loop cloth towel dispensers. Right. And Alas, it appears to be in Finnish. I believe that's Finnish, the language, but I, I so I can't really tell exactly what's going on. But you know what we should do? We should send this to our resident patent attorney in Maryland, and he could tell us what, what the hell is going on in, in, on the interior of this roller right. I think she concert. also sent us a tweet saying that it does not keep cycling through, that the used part goes up inside, and then eventually they replace it. The problem is they never replace it, and it and so, of course, it's it's never a clean... Uh, recyclable towel dealio. We, uh, one of our daughters, when we were at Mall of America a couple of weeks ago, asked, "Why don't they have any Minnesota Lynx jerseys there at at Lids?" At the Lids. There, store. there are three or four Lids stores there. Yeah, the, you you mentioned they had fictional jerseys. They had Mighty Ducks jerseys, but nothing from the Minnesota Lynx. Rebecca in in Washington writes uh, regarding the jersey in incident. Kudos to your kids. I had the very same question the last time I was perusing the Seattle Team Shop, which I think is owned by Lids. We don't know if it is around the holiday season. I could buy a LeBron jersey who has no connection to the Pacific Northwest, but there were no storm jerseys, nor were there any storm merchandise in sight. When I asked the woman about it, giving the benefit of the doubt that maybe they only carry them in season or something, she just said they only carry, quote, the main teams. That's when I left. Well, especially in Seattle, they are one of the main teams. They're wildly popular right now. As of right, as of this minute, Seattle is in first place in the WNBA standings, and uh, Nike is now the makes the jerseys for the WNBA and their gear is really really good looking. Seattle has one one of my favorite colorways in the WNBA, but um, yeah, it's a shame that not well, more places. The colorways are, you always say that, and people always say that who are sneakerheads. What is the difference between colorways and colors? I Could think somebody please it's tell an me? actual you don't know. number. It's it's yeah, it's it's it's, the, it's, it's it, the colorway is the combination of colors. So if it's blue and orange I that's the that. colorway I understand and, uh, that. but that is the actual colorway is they, longer than and less specific than colors it's just it's just a little secret handshake that says you know i'm i'm 
cool when it comes to I will right, we'll start, start using the, the phrase colorway more often. Our reader Maria writes that she and her family are going to be vacationing <coughs> in Hawaii in August. And if we're still looking to send swag to Hawaii, we can send it to her, care of her hotel. And she will gladly, I assume, abandon it in Hawaii so that we have... Does that count, Absolutely though? counts. I don't care who, what, what you they use it for. They don't have to be somebody who lives, or lives they can, in Hawaii? They can give it to somebody who lives as in Hawaii. As long as the address on the envelope is being sent to Hawaii. No, 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 no. It counts as, as being in Hawaii. Okay. So the swag will be in Hawaii. All right, great. Then then we'll color. We'll take that off the map. But that's, that, that's, so the ambivalent, what's the number? The ambivalent what now? Well, it, that would get us down to four. That four. would get us down to four states. That would be Delaware, West Virginia, Arkansas, and Mississippi. All right. Well, that that's a good four. And, and then we should have we should do something special for the last state, the, the last holdout, uh, a compliment. Clearly, I mean, a, a, a sign of good judgment. But uh, but Maria also writes that uh, hearing your stories about overzealous, intense parents at youth sporting events had me thinking of a new swag item similar to the old WWJD bracelets. There should be. WWRLD, what would Rebecca Lobo do bracelets I for like parents to wear idea. during these? There you go. For the most part, that would be that would be a, a good way to be because generally, if I'm not coaching, if I'm sitting in the stands, for the most part, I'm, I'm silent. So I think that would be a good bracelet to have. And uh, in December, this coming December, Maria hopes to be named the official ultra marathoner of the Ball and Chain podcast. She's training for her first 50K race, probably why she's going to be in Hawaii. Wow. Good for her. Ralph in Maryland is not happy. Quote, uh, I suppose I should be gratified that I had two of my emails mentioned on Podcast 37, but while Nell may be easier given the clue, I was trying to make the point in the crossword puzzle that Rebecca Lobo, L-O-B-O, is far better known. That was not mentioned, and I do not appreciate that. I suppose you have the right to edit, but that is not omitting. You're, you're saying this in an angry voice. You well, think I he think, was I think actually it was angry? In, I think it was possibly written in an angry voice. I don't know, but no offense was intended. Ralph, we appreciate your emails. Going to Twitter, which is at Ball and Chain Pod. Chris sent us a tweet, and he said an idea for our podcast holiday photo is me wearing my folster, my phone holster, and you with your Sex Pistols bum bag and monocle. So I think uh, he wants us to send out a Christmas podcast holiday photo. Or a podcast holiday photo. I actually have set out my phone holster. It's on the counter for when I leave. I am going to wear it on this trip, and just see what kind of reactions I get from it and I don't know why this makes me think of it but um, remember a former colleague of mine Carolyn Peck she now is an assistant coach at Vanderbilt when she was um, doing ESPN for years before she went back into coaching people would ask her you know are you going to go back into coaching and she said no I love this TV gig she said after a game when you lose you're just a mess you're watching the tape wondering what you did wrong she said when you're calling a game you have two questions one did I print my boarding pass this was before you had electronic boarding passes and she said and two you think did I say anything stupid and um, in that order in that order yes and uh, if you say anything stupid you have to you know it may be that coaches use that I've had coaches if I've even picked a different team to win a championship in a conference and not their team that they've used it and uh, talk to me about it for the rest of the year. As bulletin board material. As bulletin board material. And that makes me think of when I was playing with the New York Liberty. And we had one coach who before every single game, this was back late 90s, early 2000s, he would go to Kinko's and get quotes printed out on huge pieces of paper that he would then come in and put put in the locker room. And 
when we played at Madison Square Garden and we used the same locker room that the Knicks used um, because they weren't in season, so we could use it. I actually had Patrick Ewing's locker. A pair of his knee pads were in the upper part of the locker for the entire season that he had left in there. Anyway, I bet they smelled like the airport. Yeah, they, yeah they, they probably would have smelled better if they smelled like the airport. But this coach would put up every single game. And, you know, people don't say things every game that are incendiary. But Sue Wicks, who was one of my favorite teammates of all time, one of the smartest teammates I ever had, she had the locker right next to me. And we'd come in and sit down and we'd look up and, and some of the quotes we would say, you know, well, yeah, that's pretty accurate, or yeah, that one's on the money. And it wouldn't get us fired up because, for the most part, when people said things about the team, even if they were negative, they were true. But we would have teammates who would come in and they would just they'd be breathing fire after they saw some of these quotes that the coach had put up. But um, I can just imagine that, that before every game, going into Kinko's, what the people at Kinko's were thinking, like, here he comes to pick up the banner that you know talks about the team you know underperforming or, or whatever it could have been I don't know but um, hopefully Lisa Kara and I none of us will say anything that um, it wouldn't even be bulletin board material anymore because it would just be you know somebody would screenshot it and send it in a group text I guess uh, which is a lot cheaper and easier than going to Kinko's that's for sure so 20 years ago you walked in the locker room you saw these incendiary quotes about your your vulnerabilities and you said yeah that's that's pretty much accurate <laughs> yes. 20 years later your daughter tells you you smell like the airport and you have to you, you sniff either armpit and, and have say, to agree yeah that's that's pretty much accurate <laughs> on that note Tom Dick Hari on this very abbreviated version of Ball and Chain podcast will you please play us out Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, well, we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.